Hello and welcome to Prickly, a podcast from KJZZ's Politics Desk. I'm Wayne Shutsky. And I'm Cameron Sanchez. Welcome to our first ever podcast episode. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're recording this on Monday morning, the start of what we expect to be a consequential week for elections at the Arizona Capitol. Most people don't think about elections deadlines, but this is an issue in Arizona that could impact all of the voters. So a law that was passed in 2022 widened the margin of victory that would require an automatic recount from 0.1 percent to 0.5 percent. So that law could affect the upcoming election, which is fast approaching. Uh, In Arizona, for example, President Joe Biden's victory was a 10,000 vote win over Donald Trump in 2020. It did not require a recount at that time, but if this new law had been in place, it would have. Further complicating things, we have the Electoral Count Reform Act, which passed in federal Congress. So that was to prevent some of the issues we saw in the attempts to overturn the election in 2020. But it sets some hard and fast deadlines at the federal level for when states have to certify their electoral college votes and then transmit that information to Congress. And in Arizona, counties are on the front lines of administering elections, not the state. When you go out to vote, uh, it's the county that's running that polling place. Or when you, if you mail in your ballot, you're mailing it back to the county that you live in. And the counties say they need a fix in place by Friday to avoid complications they say uh, will cause them to miss some very important federal deadlines. So Cameron and I spoke with Jen Marson, who is a lobbyist that represents the counties, to find out why this is such a big deal and what needs to be done to avoid missing these deadlines that could have some pretty uh, drastic impacts uh, on Arizona voters. She said the elections calendar was already tight before this recount law went into place, and the new law has only complicated things further. So if you throw a recount into the mix, you got to think about it. A recount is basically redoing all of the tabulation things that you've already done again, right? There's court things that have to happen. There's logic and accuracy testing that has to happen. There's obviously the recount itself. There's public hearings to talk about the canvas, and all of that requires a certain amount of time, and we just need the time to do it. So what happens if we have a few close races this year which trigger these recounts? So basically, the counties say they won't have enough time after the primary and general elections to perform the recounts and meet these other existing deadlines that exist. What they say is they need 19 days after the primary election and 17 days after the general election to avoid missing those deadlines. Looking at the elections calendar, aren't there already more than 19 days between the primary and the general elections? Uh, Technically, there is. But the counties say that these recounts, coupled with everything else they have to do, uh, statewide canvases, which is like counting all the votes, won't leave them with enough time to produce accurate ballots by the September deadline. And they are foreseeing similar issues after the general election. Marson says the consequences of missing those deadlines aren't just a fine or a slap on the wrist, but could actually end up with people not getting to vote or not having their votes counted. Yeah. So the challenge we have is that there are two federal deadlines that we believe we're at risk of missing if, in fact, there are recounts triggered in either the primary or the general election. So the first is getting uh, military members their ballots in time for the general election. And the second is after the general election, making sure that Arizona's votes for president can be counted. 
So that primary deadline is important. It's the first one that we have to contend with, and it could really affect what we call UACAVA voters, which is basically overseas or out-of-state voters with the military and their families. Um, to talk about that more, I spoke with the Secretary of State's spokesperson, who's Aaron Thacker. He also was with the National Guard, and he details that issue from the National Guard's perspective. I just think it is a, a very important topic, and I, I appreciate you covering it. Um, as I've as I've mentioned before, you know, we just recently pushed the 856 MP company out from the National Guard, so that's you know almost a couple hundred soldiers that are going to be gone during an election year. They deserve the right to vote. Uh, the people that are elected uh, that they defend owe them a decision. They owe them the greatest opportunity to vote they can possibly have. And Marson says those military voters aren't the only ones who will be impacted if lawmakers don't act to adjust the calendar. I asked what happens in a worst-case scenario. Yeah, so from our position, especially post-general, all voters in Arizona are impacted, right? The, the thing post-general is a super wonky election thing that has to do with a weird law at the federal level about presidential electors and when they shall be certified. That's a law that changed at the federal level in December of 2022, right? And so it used to be, hey, we'd really like the names of your people and have them certified by this date, but you actually have an extra week. It's not squishy anymore. Now it's a firm deadline. So by December 11th of 2024, Arizona's presidential electors shall be certified. And no one knows what will happen if they're not. There is no state that I'm aware of that has ever missed that deadline. And Arizona does not want to be first. So we've established this is a big deal. Why hasn't the state addressed it yet? Well, the counties have been sounding the alarm about the issue since last summer. And I think everyone understands that it's a problem. Lawmakers, the governor, the secretary of state. But finding out how to fix that problem has proven difficult. And that's because there's not a single solution. There's not just one easy fix they can pass and... Um, solve the problem other than maybe getting rid of the the recount law, but that seems to be a non-starter with Republicans. Mm -hmm. So the counties have proposed a series of changes to the elections calendar that they say will free up enough time for them to uh, perform any potential recounts and meet all of their deadlines. For the primary elections, the counties would like to shorten the time candidates have to proofread ballots from five to two days. Um, that would essentially mean, you know, looking, making sure their name's spelled right. Marson said that shouldn't be a big deal. Uh, they would also like to move up the primary election by one week from August 6th to July 30th. For both the primary and the general elections, the counties are proposing changing the interpretation of a state law that requires them to conduct a five-day cure period. That's the time period after an election when mail-in voters can correct any problems with their signature on a ballot envelope just to make sure their vote is counted. Uh, basically, they want to cure the ballots over five calendar days, not business days, which would allow them to work over the weekend. Marson said this would require all counties to be open during the weekend and could potentially be a benefit for folks who work during the week and would give them additional days when they're not working to go in and fix those ballot issues. The counties also want both the state and counties to canvass elections sooner and are asking for the ability to transmit those documents to the uh, Secretary of State's office electronically. That'd be a big change for some of those count smaller counties that are farther away from Phoenix so that they don't have to send uh, pers uh, someone physically in person down to the state capitol. And then they want more resources to speed up the logic and accuracy testing process for voting equipment to make sure voting equipment is working as it's intended to. Currently, the Secretary of State sends a team to Maricopa County first, which is the biggest county in the state, and then they move on to the other counties, and that process can take up to nine days. 
So we're discussing this on Monday morning, and counties have said that they need to have this fixed by Friday at the end of the week. Uh, and the legislature doesn't meet on Fridays, so really that's a Thursday deadline. Why are we at the 11th hour? Why does this not have a solution? When Cameron and I spoke to Marson, she said the short answer is politics. Look, I wish we could take politics out of this conversation. That would make lots of bills much easier, right? But we can't. And so we have to live in a world where we have to talk about other policy things where there may be points of disagreement, one um, party to the other. And so those are the negotiations are all about what kind of bill can we introduce that gets us the number of days we need with as little impact to the voters and their voting experience on Election Day or the days surrounding as possible. What, what about this as a partisan issue? How does it fall? Well, whenever you have a legislature that is the majority of one party and the governor that is the other party, there's always going to be a natural butting of heads over the best way to solve any problem. When we get into the space of elections, sometimes it's almost even more contentious because there's such a visceral passion on all sides associated with elections, right? And so... Um, we knew that this was going to be a tough sell for everyone involved. We were, we're talking about things that impact candidates, that impact counties, that impact voters. And anytime all of those things get mixed up together, it's a natural debate. And that's what we've been having for many months now is a very robust debate about how to solve this problem. The good news, I will say, everyone agrees that it needs to be solved. That's the first step in any kind of bill, right? Do you agree that we have a problem? The governor has said yes. The secretary of state has said yes. The legislative leadership of both parties, both chambers has said yes. AG agrees it's a problem. So now it's just about let's find a solution. All right. It's Monday morning. What are we expecting to see later this week to address this issue? Well, later on today, we're expecting to see both Democrats and Republicans introduce their separate solutions for this problem. That doesn't necessarily mean that we've found some sort of agreement. The Democrats have said they want a clean fix. That means a bill that only addresses these issues without any other election-related uh, things attached. But what we're expecting to potentially see from Republicans is exactly the opposite, which is a fix that also has some of their other election priorities that haven't been able to get past the governor in the past attached. And so that's going to set up a uh, conflict where we the Democratic governor is going to have to decide whether she wants to sign this fix and get it in place in time or um, and approve some of these Republican priorities or uh, veto it and then start this process all over again. What are some of the proposed changes from Republicans that the governor would consider dead on arrival? Well, I know they want to change signature verification requirements, which is something that uh, Democrats have been not willing to get behind. They don't want to do anything they th that they think is going to disenfranchise voters. Um, so if any of that kind of stuff is included in the Republican bill, it's going to it's difficult for me to see the governor signing it. If this problem isn't fixed by the end of the week, what do the counties say is going to happen to our elections in the primary and in the general? So the, not reaching the solution by the end of the week, it's not going to stop legislature from maybe reaching a solution next week. But what the counties are saying is that this is the deadline by which we can make some of these fixes. So something like moving the primary date. You, you can't just move the primary date a week before the primary, right? Um, that's going to – elections officials need to know when that primary is happening so they can put all of the pieces in place to run that primary. I uh, also saw some talk about the effect this would have on candidates. Candidates running in competitive primaries need to know when the election is so that they can plan their mailers and uh, all these other things they do to get out their voters and try and convince undecided voters to vote for them. So um, if, if we go past Friday, then 
all of a sudden, all of these little things that are going to affect that, how the election runs are going to be thrown out of whack. KJZZ's politics desk will be following this issue as it plays out in the state legislature and as Democratic Governor Katie Hobbs works with legislative Republicans to find a bipartisan solution to the issue. And it's worth noting that it has to be a bipartisan solution. In order to pass this with an emergency clause that will allow it to go into effect immediately, it needs a two-thirds vote in both houses of the legislature. Uh, Republicans don't have enough votes to get there. Democrats don't have enough votes to get there on their own. So, and then obviously need to get Democratic Governor Katie Hobbs on board. Thank you for listening to the first edition of the Prickly Podcast from KJZZ's Politics Desk. Tune in to 91.5 to follow all the action this week or follow us over at kjzz.org. And please subscribe to the Prickly Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.